Welcome, everyone, to the Sickos Committee podcast. This is our podcast for the evening of February 25th, 2024. We are almost at Leap Day. What day is Leap Day? Is that later? Is that... It's, it's the 29th. It's January 29th. February it's the same 29th. day every four years, or February, it's February 29th. 29th. But yes, it is <laughs> yeah. February 29th. No, Arthur's right. Four years. No, it's, Regarding... it's never a different But it's not. Day. It's not every four years. Because in the year 2000, there was not a leap year. Yeah. Well, that's because it is a year divisible by 200. When it isn't, yes. But it, to answer your original question, Jordan, it's Thursday. Okay, awesome. Yeah, the, the Earth's orbit is slightly off, so we can't take every leap day or else we'll get ahead. Because uh, we, we wouldn't want that happening. But we, hey. can't we can't not take every leap day or we'll fall behind. So y'all, tonight I am drinking Mai Tais. I'm very excited about that. Beth, you mentioned that you did not know what was in a Mai Tai. I still don't know what's in a Mai Tai because I was busy making bread. You were. A, a Mai Tai traditionally is different kinds of rum, two or three at least. How many kinds of rum are there? I ask as someone who really doesn't know much about rum in general there, beyond there are, pirate movies. There are Several? a lot. It's more about like, yeah, it's more like dark and light in the middle. There's age, different kinds, things like that. Okay. It also has orgette, which is a... Orgette syrup is like an almond syrup with rose water in it and a little bit of orange flavoring usually. It's very specific to tiki drinks. Like these kinds of drinks are considered like tiki is the branch. Okay. So like, does he, do you have an umbrella of some sort in your beverage? I, I do not. I just, I do have a, a cute straw though. Okay. Yeah. That is a cute straw. So I'm, I will confirm. I, I would have gotten none of these because I would have mixed it up with Muay Thai. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, that's... It's, that's, that's a different, different thing. That's that's when the drink kicks your ass. Mai Tai, Muay Tai, Pad Tai, all the same. All the same. This also has uh, lime juice, and it also has curacao, dry curacao, which is an orange liqueur flavored thing from the island of curacao, usually traditionally. Not blue? Not blue, because I've tried to make this blue, and it really turns it a weird color. Yeah, because Orgeat's or or kind of hazy, and so you're just going to end up with like gross pool water. Does right. blue curacao taste like blue? No, it's orange. It just happens yeah. to be blue. Okay. It doesn't taste like 90s blue? No. No, it doesn't. Okay. You want blue raspberry for that flavor. Yes. The other thing about Mai Tais is when you order them a lot of places, they come with all these fruit juices in them. But that is not traditionally how they're made. Like, the original is not how it's made. I have a book from the excellent Smuggler's Cove Bar in LA. And they're very particular about their history of their Mai Tai. And it's not... You know how drink people get very weird about like, oh, I have the original recipe, whatever. The original recipe definitely does not use fruit juices. However, I do throw pineapple juice in mine. I like pineapple juice. Just a little splash of that. But I made a double, so I'll be, I, I brought the shaker in here with my strainer because <laughs> I uh, have more than I need. So I need to keep pouring into it as I keep drinking. So this should be fun. I, I like today, I also made red robin milkshake of cocktails. <laughs> that happens, right? Like you make a double and it doesn't fit. You know me and ice. I like to overfill my glasses with ice, anyways. Yeah. Especially for a, like a tiki drink. What do you have a favorite tiki drink, Elle? Do y'all drink tiki? I have dabbled in tiki drinks. I don't have a strong opinion about them. They're enjoyable. I like it when other people make them. I I don't go to that amount of effort, but um, yeah, if I'm in a bar somewhere or I'm buying pre-canned cocktails then like sure but i also don't differentiate like i just say like yep sure like that'll probably be pretty sweet and i can drink one of those and then be fine i love scorpion bowls 
a scorpion bowl is a something that was really a pre-pandemic thing because it involves a lot of people drinking out of a single container mm. and mm. it with long straws and it is basically all the juices the orgette the lime juice and all the rums oh i think it's tasty I think there was a bar I went to in like downtown Pittsburgh that had those like in 2019. Yeah, they're but, really yummy. Yeah, it's it's been a minute for those. Yeah, that's that's sort of a pre-pandemic thing. I I love tiki. This is one of my old man things is that like the idea of a good tiki drink, which if you think about tiki drinks, like that's very 50s and whatever. Yeah, have it with your aspic. Are, right. Are tiki drinks old man? I, I, yeah, that's no, not they're, what I think. they're back, Jordan. I don't think this is an old man thing okay. because, like, tiki well, bars are I'm back. Hip now. Oh, I'm uh, hip. Sure. I do think that there's, I do think that many of your tiki drinks are probably listed in my grandparents' dial a drink that I have somewhere, stashed somewhere in my library. I'm going to guess so because they've come back around. I, I would also like to say today, I got the chance to smoke a pork shoulder. I want to talk about that a little bit because I have something to say about that. But let's talk about who's on this podcast first. As always, I have Kamish, I have Pit Girl, I have Beth, and I have Arthur and the Winston Twos. Beth, how are you? I'm swell. I baked. All is well. It, the the cheddar onion loaf looked very good. Mm-hmm. Very excited. Mm-hmm. I haven't made bread in a while, and so it was just nice to be reminded that I still know how to do this. Like, the bread magic is still strong with me. Pit Girl, what bread are you making? I am making sourdough, because uh, I accidentally killed my sourdough starter, but then- oh, so- no. Someone who I, who I had given sourdough starter to has returned the sourdough starter to me. So now I have Son of Harold, and okay. I am making making bread with Son of Harold literally right I, now, actually. What do you use your excess starter in? Eh? Like, uh, are you a sourdough pancakes critter? I do enjoy what those. Do we, we have made pizza dough once. Um, I am also like sort of at the point where it's like, I know exactly how much I need to make bread. And so I don't actually have too much excess that I then have to discard. Uh, cause mm-hmm. the bread recipe I use is actually not correct. And so I have iterated upon it and use more starter than it calls for. So as for a springier sourdough loaf. I mean, every bread recipe that any of us have ever spent a lot of time with always ends up with like a, this much plus a smidge plus mm-hmm. a like. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of the bread magic. Yep. A, a sourdough only. starter implies the existence of a sourdough finisher. That's the other. I assume yeah. that some wrestler has the sourdough finisher. That a wrestling. Or I guess it's me eating the end of the bread. I am the oh. sourdough finisher. Yes, you are. Kamish, how are you, sir? Uh, I'm currently on on this diet that I, I can't have any carbs, I'm so, so everybody's having. Sorry. I'm sorry. Bread. It's great. And then uh, Jordan talking about my ties and, and just remembering that I, I was a bartender for probably about to me about 10 years, um, you know, throughout college and, and a little bit after college and everything like that. And, you know, him being kind of particular with the Mai Tai and I was like, you, you, I'm like, Jordan, you're probably been a little bit of a pain in the ass to make a drink for. Oh, I'm, I am a, th- <laughs> I, I, a thousand just... percent, but, but I only order fiddly drinks at places known for fiddly drinks. Okay. I'll, I'll fully just, admit. Cause I'll drink, like, I'll drink a, most places I'll drink just a gin and tonic. Cause I mean, like I was like a bartender, like a chain restaurant in this, and like, I could just see Jordan rolling up to like a steakhouse, no, no. not a nice steakhouse, maybe like a Texas roadhouse or something like. 
I would like a Mai Tai. Uh, sir, but, uh, around here, that is the nice steakhouse. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> no, I'm not... I'm, I promise you I will not roll up to... I, I know where I can order a fiddly drink and where I can't. Okay. <laughs> I don't like... order fiddly drinks unless I know the bar... Unless it's a place that has those. Was, what is... Yeah. Like, to make the bartender not hate you, what is the greatest kindness drink-wise that you can do for them? I mean, really, it's just simple drinks. Rum and Coke, like, gin and tonic. I mean, like... Rum and Coke, gin and tonic. I mean, just like I'm usually like, go. give me a finger of said sig- single malt scotch, and I will leave you alone for the next 45 minutes. Kind of human. Does that work? Uh, it's perfect. Uh, anything neat, um, you know that that's that's awesome. Neat means oh yeah, don't ice, by the way. Don't put ice in it. That's wrong. No, yeah, I I want you know my old fashioned smoked under a you know with a with a cedar plank under a glass dome where you like light the cedar on fire. And it smokes your drink in the yeah, that's, chamber. That's definitely, that's definitely not the type of, you know, I, I did work at a country club, but there was a lot of like weird drinks I would make. I would make some really old school drinks, yeah. like the the ones with the cocktail onions. And I was like, what are we doing here? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, okay. I, when I was in my 20s, I used to order Brandy Alexander's and I ordered one like at a bar right by closing and nearly made the bartender cry. Because I, I was forcing him to do an ice cream drink at the end of the night, which I should not have done. And ever since then, I order a finger of scotch neat. <laughs> there is there is a is a code to just like not make the bartender hate you. Uh, but if like, you know, again, if you, you do that, like, hey, I would like a Brandy Alexander. And then you're flashing like a nice tip right there. I, I'll just be like, whatever. Sorry, this is what you want. I'll, I'll go ahead and, and get that done for you. Uh, there's. You know the the high maintenance folks and places that don't exist. Like you know, it's like this is not high maintenance. What are you doing here? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. At this this chain restaurant, asking for, you know, something pretty crazy. I mean, we had our own like like drink menu, which was, you know, just stupid stuff. Uh, just. I mean, just like here, here's a, like fruit juices and stuff, and this is also so. I my yeah. other thing is I don't try to trust a place that doesn't make its own orgette. So if yeah, I know I mean, that the place isn't making its own orgette, then I'm not going to order I mean, a cocktail yeah, drink I there. I don't even like an orgette, and I'm like, okay, whatever. And, and like as soon as you said <laughs> blue curacao, I was like, man, that bottle was always dusty. Oh yeah, no, like that's <laughs> It's one of those bottles. I, yeah, that you bottle know, was you know dusty exactly as hell. Like it, we've had that bottle for like ten years, and that bottle always collected dust. And then here comes one person. I want, I want, I want a blue lemonade or something. And I was like, oh god, really? Like, what what happens? At least what what you got to do is you got to have like like themed like special thing like a night where it's like there's some reason you got to have blue drinks. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I so I don't like. I definitely feel like I have the least amount of bar experience, whatever. Because like, by the time the pandemic hit, I was still just going to like college bars. I had like graduated for a couple years, but I was like, I never graduated to like going to nicer bars that like actually like made drinks. So like, most of my upscale bar knowledge is just from watching episodes of Bar Rescue, yeah. right? Where, of course, John Taffer comes in and he will then add drinks to the menu that are expensive, right? Like big upcharges that are fancy. So that's where I like anything I know about fancy drinks is, is probably from that show. 
Um, but when I go into a bar now, I always try just cause like, I'm curious, like how a bartender will respond. I just ask is like, Oh, like, do you have anything that you recommend? Is there anything that like I should order here? And it's funny, like a, a lot of places I go, like sometimes they'll just be like, no, like I can't think of anything, which is kind of funny to me. Like you'd think that's, um, that's the bartender. Like, that's like, OK, dude, I I know how yeah. to make thousands no, like, of drinks. It's, it's, and, and now it's cool. you're asking like, me, you're asking I, me to figure out what you want. Well, no, uh, nobody no, else no. asks I mean, you I'm, questions back. <laughs> I'm not saying that like that's like bad or anything but i'm i kind of appreciate it more if it's not the kind of place where they're like oh yeah like we have this really high margin drink you should try it <laughs> versus just i mean like like i've had i've i've been to bars where i've been like like oh like well like do you have anything you recommend like anything that's really good here and they'll just be like like well we got a lot of beer on tap and especially it's like domestic beer like that's like yep like that's that is actually what i want so there was this super douchey place in Dallas. It's no longer there, unfortunately. It was a speakeasy, but right at the beginning of the speakeasy craze. So you had to know to get in there. You'd have a reservation to get in there too. And each, what would happen is there was no bar list at this place. The bartender would come to your table and ask you for an idea about what you wanted. Mm. Do something herbaceous, doing something sweet, do you want fruit juices, do you want whatever. And some really good hit or miss, like there's, sometimes they get a little miss, but the best drink I ever had there was was root beer and absinthe with a fuck ton of mint on top. And hmm. absinthe and root beer really hit nicely yeah, because yeah, they have yeah, a lot okay. of the same flavor combinations and the mint was really good. And yep. after that, like I, I would just go there and be like, I want a scotch drink or whatever, just whatever. And it was great. It was expensive for sure. But just having a bartender go like, here, let me, this is a play on a blah, blah, blah. This is one of those places. I, I don't know. I, I like drinks. This is yeah, one of those the, things. The mood. The mood thing is just, you know, if you ask me what you wanted, I'm like, okay, what type of mood are you in right now? Yeah. Are you feeling? I'm asking you questions back. I, I'm like, tell me, like, tell me what you want, but you can't think of a name of a drink for this. What's the quote? Uh, tell me what you eat and I'll tell you what you are. Yeah, basically. It's just like, I'm, I'm just going like, okay, what type of mood are you in? Are you feeling, you know, tropical? Are you feeling light and breezy? I mean, do you want something to punch you in the face? <laughs> yes always do you want something that you can't taste anything but it may get you in trouble later <laughs> there, there was a place in, also in Dallas that? that for a prohibition I day I, was they, fun, I had a lot of fun making those they would sell drinks for pro, uh, prohibition style cocktails for however many cents years it's been since prohibition was repealed so it was like 95 cents 96 cent drinks for like 3 hours but they'd be oh, all no. the old, like heavy boozy, like, 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 uh, not blood and honey, um, uh, bees knees or blood mm -hmm. and sand or like the really boozy old school ones. And that was always good for a, I'm stumbling out of a bar drunk at four in the afternoon. Oh God. I still have to do things in the evening. I, I do want to say that I, I smoked another pork shoulder today, which I'm very excited about, but I found through a YouTube video, uh, Phil Edwards on YouTube, one of my favorite explainer dudes on YouTube did one, a YouTube video about barbecue and he flashed this image of a, of a barbecue flyer from 1921. And I kind of want to read part of it. If you guys will allow me, um, uh, it's in the show notes, but I'll, I'll say it out loud. This is a whole page advertisement about this barbecue from 1921. Come on, bud, eat a whole hog. If you can don't miss the big annual barbecue at finger 
August 6th, 1921. I have no clue what finger is. This will be a real day of pleasure for, for all your friends will be there. Look at the big premium list and all premiums will be paid the day of the barbecue. This is no fake to get you out and not show you a good time. Leave your troubles at home. Forget your sorrow. Come and bring every creeping thing on the place. Even let old Limber come along and get a bone. I have no clue what that means. Dog. Bring dog. Okay. Dog will get a snack. Okay. If you haven't got a tooth in your head, come and we'll save a good tender piece for you and wash it down with a good cold drink. Come, look, listen, laugh, and grow fat. Y'all. That's our slogan. That's it is. Like, that's my <laughs> live, laugh, love right there. But even better, they had contests. And I want to talk about these contests because some of them are a little creepy. The barbecue committee will give 50 cents in cash to a boy under six years old who can run the fastest. John Wharton will give a dollar 50 necktie to the fastest fat man on foot over 200 pounds. <laughs> can I, can I just say the phrase 50 cents in cash is a great <laughs> phrase. Yes. <laughs> I want to write a 50 cent check so badly. Now. <laughs> I'm going to Venmo you 50 cents. Uh, I'm, I'm going to skip like if if you said to me in this day and age 50 cent in cash i would assume it would be some like deal that 50 cent the rapper had signed that would be the yeah. only context i would accept yeah a copy of get rich or dry trying so other ones dc holder will give two pounds of coffee to the oldest woman on the grounds james smith and co will give a dollar 50 pair of silk hose to the prettiest curly haired girl not over 10 years old okay <laughs> james smith we need to have a talk H.L. Hodges will give a sack of flour to the largest family on the ground. Largest is in number or largest is in combined weight? Unclear. How heavy is a sack of flour? <laughs> this uh, sounds like one of those, like, you know, those logic problems where like, you have all these things and then you have to figure out like, like who, who, how, how do you get across the river or something? Like that's what who this feels like. can't sit next to who? Yeah. Well, Beth, yeah you can't that? leave the fox with the chicken. Yeah. Historically, a sack of flour was between 215 and 100. Oh, it was between 100 and 215 pounds. That's a lot of Ooh. flour. Yes. That's Arl. so much. It's not as much now. Um, But yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Commercial bakers now, when they buy sacks of flour, it's 140 pounds. So that is the standardization so, okay. we have come to. That's a lot. Uh, R.L. Carter will give a bushel of, of meal to the man who can call hogs the loudest. L.A. Beatty will give a half dozen photographs to the prettiest baby under two years old. W.L. McCaskill. Photographs of what? I don't know. W.L. McCaskill, the barber, will give $2 pair of silk hose to the prettiest girl between 15 and 20. Creep. Well, at least he's, he's, no, he's like. You know, so I creep. like the fact. No, no, no. It, let, let's look at this logically. At least when you're between 15 and 20, you get a slightly more expensive pair of silk oh, hose. Yes, yes. Uh, R.G. Young will give a bottle of cake flavor to the oldest old maid. Cake yeah, flavor? Yeah. <laughs> what? The oldest old maid. I hate this. <laughs> Listener, Beth just scrunch faced. Oh, yeah. I need you to know that Beth did the scrunch face. Coca-Cola Bottling Works will give a fine clock to the man who has the most children, grand, and great-grandchildren on the ground. How's your clock? It's fine. It's fine. It's, it's, it's an okay clock. J.R. Harris will give a dollar in sugar to the couple married the longest. Uh, Dr. M.W.M. Barnes will give one box stationery to the prettiest girl. Bliss Hare will give one pound of coffee to the fattest woman. Bliss Hare. <laughs> Bliss Hare. Bliss Hare. 
is handing out a bag of coffee. The fattest woman. What? Dr. N. will give stationery and a bottle of perfume to a girl between five and ten who can sing the best. Okay, uh, that's that's a little. I, this is my favorite. J.E. Stevens Barber will give a box of Melba face powder to the least married woman on the ground. What does that mean? What? Right. Okay. So I, I can't decide if this is the woman who has been married the, the shortest amount or the woman who is the most like, I'm not, I'm not dating anyone. I am so not married right now. The person with the most number of affairs. I, yeah, I, guess. I, was, I was reading this as sort of uh, the most, uh, Hmm. What is the word that I want here? Your eyebrow, you, uh, <laughs> eyebrows, eyebrows are dancing. Eyebrows there. And and I, the last one's interesting is WP Massey will give one pair of silk socks to a man who could whistle the best tune. I think I get that one. Or the fattest, fastest man. Is is whistling the best tune? Is that like the quality of the whistling or like what tune? Like, is it going to be like, wow, like you got to be able to whistle like. I, don't I want know, someone to rules to rules lawyer in 1921. <laughs> Aha! But I said the finest tune. <laughs> this is the best tune. Oh, speaking of that, this is a complete another non sequitur. Feel free to cut this out later if it's not as weird as I think it is. But in the show that I'm doing right now, one of the lines is, uh, "I'm just going to be over here humming Swanee Swanee River," and the person who said this line then proceeded to hum "Happy Birthday." Close, so close. Is it? Mm-mm. I mean, they're both songs. Yeah, they're they're having like, huh, Swanee River. They're like, yep, it's my favorite song. I'm like, what? What has happened? I'm gonna sing the Star Spangled Banner, and I bust out into Oh Canada. No, but even then, that's more of a second. Yeah, it's still too close. Anyways, barbecues in 1921 were awesome. We should all go back to that. We I should. think we should have a tailgate and have contests. Wherever we like do a tailgate next year, if we go to the, the, the brawl, we'll have a tailgate and we're going to post a list of contests people can have. Like the young man who can drink the most fireball. I'm about to. For legal yeah. reasons, we're not doing that. Oh, God. Damn. <laughs> I, do, I do have a tailgate we can crash that would probably let us do not that specific thing, but other contests. Can, can I have? Can well, I have please, not, not for that tailgate. I have the oldest old maid. <laughs> The oldest old maid gets a bottle of cake flavor. Beth, stop scrunch facing me. Anyways, this is great. So in 1921, was there just like a spice called cake? Like now you go in the spice aisle and you've got like oregano and paprika and all that. Was there just like cake? I'm assuming it was an extract. Like it was extracts you could use for cake flavoring. Yeah, like almond or something. Yeah. Almond, vanilla, one of those. Might have been chocolate, actually. It might have been like a chocolate. Yeah, It's possible. So, yeah. Anyways, I loved that. That was great. Now we can talk about football. I believe at the end of the last show, I said that the the carousel was done. And that's when Georgia State's coach got, uh, Georgia State's coach got lifted. Jordan, you got to stop episode? doing this. No, but they actually got an upgrade, I think, because Del McGee is now their head coach. Y'all know Del McGee? I do not. Delmagy played at Auburn. Hmm. He was also an analyst in the 2013 National Championship Auburn season. Hmm. Uh, he was also he's also been Georgia's running backs coach the last like eight years. That's not bad, right? Like that's yep. that's a pretty good. It was also the run game coordinator, was also the assistant head coach at Georgia for a bit too. 
until 2018. Um, he was also running backs coach at Georgia Southern and assistant head coach at Georgia Southern as well. And yeah, like he's, he's from, he's from Columbus, Georgia. Like he's local. Uh, but most importantly, and most interestingly, he has a national championship ring, not just the two with Georgia, not just the one with Auburn, but he played football for the Los Angeles extreme of the XFL. The Tommy Maddox led 1.0. Yes. And was on the, and won the quote unquote million dollar game. And so he has a winning ring from that. We'd love to see our beautiful XFL Fortune 1.0 boys get head coaching jobs down. So we got leaders of men. Yes. We got two right now that we, that I'm aware of, right? Uh huh. We got, we got Brom, Brom. who is in, in, in Louisville. Yeah. And then we do have, uh, we have the new Georgia State coach, uh, Del McGee. So that's, that's two. Do we have any other like XFL players turn coaches? In I'll have the to, college football okay, ranks. Like, I'll throw this into our into our off season notes channel or some or brainstorming channel because okay. I want to I want to keep digging XFL players who are now coaches somewhere because I think that's a really interesting thing because that's such a weird one year thing, yet it keeps coming up in random spots. Yep. This is this is a really good hire. Like, I I don't want to say that they upgraded, but folks are excited about this for good reason. Like this is sort of what they like what you would want from an upgrade higher in the in the Sun Belt. I don't know. I like this. Yeah, I mean they seem excited about it. Uh, I mean Georgia State again. It, it's it's a university inside Atlanta, huge market. I mean you're competing with Georgia. You're, you're also competing with Georgia Tech, and then you know the the various schools around for recruits. But, Southern and yep. I mean, yeah, you have a lot of things going for you. You have you have new facilities. You have the converted baseball stadium now, somewhat looking more football stadium like. You know, I I feel like there's some advantages there, and you know, their previous coach did the the Satterfield thing, um, the Satterfield scenario got out uh, before you know he was off the hot seat. So I mean, his his last moment as a head coach was getting fries dumped on him. Now he's a tight ends coach in, in South Carolina. So that's the other thing, right? Is that we we're, we're back at this thing of, I don't know which narrative I hate the most right now. The one that bugs me the most is no one wants to coach in college anymore. Because college is too hard. So too they're, hard. All, they're all leaning for other jobs. I can't do it. I can't, Except if you look at it, hard. it's all people that either wanted the fuck out of college or we're already on a hot seat and we're just, we're jumping ship while the getting was good. I mean, it, even outside of that, it just has the same energy as like every boomer in the world being like, nobody wants to work anymore. Like, yes. use use rub two brain cells together for half a second and do some critical thinking and come back. But it's so much easier if I just reprint exactly what these coaches who are going to be fired and jump jobs are saying. If I just print exactly what they're saying, it's so much easier than if I have to think about what they're actually mean. It's so much easier. Thinking is hard. It is is very difficult for me, and I'm not slamming our folks in football, college football, media because you have to you have to publish the quotes. I get that, I get that. That's why we can sit here and go. I'm glad that certain coaches said I don't want to be in college anymore. I I left because of whatever reason. And if you look at it, they were actually going to get their asses fired in a year anyway. 
probably. I, I do want to give a shout out to the the coach uh, of Arizona State, Kenny Dillingham. Yes. Uh, his statement, which was fantastic. Uh, he stated that he's tired of the moaning. Like, he's tired of this too. And he says, I literally spent nine years of my life doing anything to become a coffee boy, he said. So don't give me the, oh, it's hard to be a coach right now. Yeah, it's hard. Then quit. And let someone else come and take your job. I mean, if you're going to move to uh, an NFL coordinator, that's fine. Yeah. It's hey. fine. There's there's not a trend. It's it, it, I I just I just tired of the back and forth. But but if I but if I point put two dots on a graph and draw a line through them, it's a trend, Kamesh. Oh. That's how statistics works. Well, I mean, that's true. You know, the line have... goes up or sometimes line? it goes down. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, if it if it sometimes it goes down, you just reflect it across the y-axis and then it goes up. Hmm. Exactly. The other interesting move was that Washington Commander's offensive coordinator, um, Eric, I can never pronounce his last name. Help me here, Kamesh. The enemy. The enemy. Has a two-year deal to join UCLA as associate head coach, offensive coordinator. I don't know why, but every time I, I see Eric the enemy, mm-hmm. I, the, the stupid nickname that Chris Berman gave him. What was that? Uh, is, is just lodged in my brain from watching NFL primetime for years upon years of football highlights, NFL highlights. Uh, his nickname was Eric sleeping with the enemy. Uh, Eric enemy, by the way, also he played at Colorado back in the big eight days. Yeah. Also was running back post at Colorado, UCLA running backs coach. And then he's been in the NFL forever. He was at the chiefs for a long ass time. Yeah, won a just couple Super Bowls. Pa- yeah, and it was just this past year he'd moved to the Commanders and now is going to UCLA, which tells you is do people not want to coach in the NFL I, anymore? I, nobody wants to coach in the NFL no anymore. The F- I mean, no, one, now, no one wants to coach for the Commanders, and that is a very that is yeah, a that's probably. Yeah, I mean, uh, Pick- Pickerel, do you want to coach the Commanders? Not particularly, no. I mean, okay. I know there's new ownership there, but it's just like and. I don't know that that, with Northern Virginia. That that, that franchise seems kind of cursed, like it was built on some type of weird. Uh, Don't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Here's what I'll say about coaching that team is that, um, you know, there's uh, one of the coaches of that team has gone on to have some success in the sporting world, uh, owning multiple, you know, cars, competing not just in the NASCAR Cup Series, but the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Oh, so, man. you know, there's a life after coaching that that football team. I mean, Mr. Gibbs, his racing, it's great. It's Every like other coach the there is probably fine. <laughs> there, there was a, a tweet the other day about that franchise, the the Washington uh, football franchise. Uh, the Woof. The Woof, the, the Washington Football Club. I guess that's what they called it until becoming the commanders. FC Washo. Yeah. So basically I think uh, an offensive coordinator was Sean McVay. He's now at the Rams. Another coordinator, uh, Kyle Shanahan, uh, head coach of the 49ers. You oh, know, they were stacked. Um, they were, they were absolutely stacked. stacked. There's, there's more listed. I think Mike McDaniel, coach of the, the Dolphins. <laughs> yeah. There, were, there was a tweet and I'm like, oh God, this is really, if you're a commanders fan, you, you probably don't like that. So 
Um, as as I am only tangentially a Cowboys fan, y'all know this that I do not write or write for the Cowboys. It is tangential, but watching Washington get fucked still makes me happy. Like that's like like that's one of those parts where like, I, don't, I don't like my team, but I do hate that team. So it all breaks out. The other interesting college football thing is that Barry Odom at UNLV is celebrating his first day of spring practice by riding a live bull. Sure. The unique event is called is dubbed Horns and Helmets. It will take place Saturday, March 2nd at South Point Hotel in Bay. Uh two things. One, nature is healing. Mm-hmm. Uh thing number two, if you were a real bullharder, you wouldn't be wearing a helmet. Ooh. Just saying. Just saying. Well, from, I mean, he's not uh, a real bull rider. He's the head coach of UNLV. So Ty Murray didn't wear no helmet. Okay. Uh Brett McMurphy dropped that for that little bit for us. <laughs> And I'm well aware. Uh, please don't at me. I know that bull riders wear helmets now. Like, I know. It's good. Fun. Good. Oh, yeah. Yes. They, you should. And they yeah. should have for a really long time. Also, yeah. maybe don't ride bulls. <laughs> yes. Like, if, you, if you're going to do something stupid, wear a helmet. It's true. Like, that's, it's a good idea. Look up. Do not wish to be ridden. Perhaps no. I did not do that. If, oh. if you are wondering why a bull might not want to be ridden, I would like you to look up buckstrap. Um, yeah, there's, if we want to go into the bull riding aspect, my, my dad had this weird thing that he would just watch bull riding all the time. Oh, uh, your dad and my mom are the same. Oh yeah. It just is bull riding. So like, shout out to tough Hedeman yep, uh, I was and, and, and the cow bodacious. <laughs> yes. Uh, which, which uh, I, jump, I mean, jump, skip. Yep. Yeah. These, <laughs> when we, we went to, I think we went to like Fort Worth, uh, Dallas area and on vacation. My dad was like, we got to go to rodeo and watch bull riding. So we went to like Mesquite oh, to yeah. go catch the bull riding there as part of a vacation just because he's like, PBR, let's go. My mom and dad went to go see NFR at the Thomas and Mack Center in Vegas every year for a couple of years. So and came back with all variety. Like Puddles has a large collection of cowboy shirts. He's from it's West Virginia. Where's where's the uh, Wait, like, like Cowboys the, like the profession or Cowboys the team? No, as in like they would go to the national finals rodeo and they have a whole bunch of cowboy apparel places that are in like there. The... And my mother would just purchase a wardrobe for my father. <laughs> I... Pit girl, you've met my father. Is it like the class large the large bell buckle? <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's he's about the belt buckle. It's like shopping at the farm show. The thing is that he's not about any of this because Puddles really doesn't think about clothing at any point. My mom would just sort of lay things out for him. He'd be like, "Yeah, that'll be fine," and he just walks around like you know he's he's unconsciously cosplaying at all times. It's kind of great. <laughs> <laughs> Howdy! Also, shout out to Billy Bob's in Fort Worth. Yeah. How about this? Uh, the, South Carolina has announced that Manchester United will play Liverpool. At Williams Bryce Stadium on August third. I hope you enjoy the surface of the fucking sun. Just my swamp ass is gonna have swamp ass. Like I, I'm gonna be sweating through so many pairs of shorts. Like oh, it's gr- I, oh my god. I, From what I hear, Williams Bryce is like a stadium-sized one of those things that like women used to use to sunbathe by the pool. Like you get the oh, big yeah. metal thing. And it reflects all the sun back up onto you so you can get even better skin cancer later. So you get sunburned beneath your chin? Yeah. Yeah. Um, English oh, people, oh. enjoy that. God, this reminds me of like, I was at a beach a couple of years ago that had metal benches next oh, to no. the beach. God. Oh, no. Yeah, it's just not a good idea. 
I'm just looking at the historical high and and low on August third. Oh, it's uh, it, it's it says be... it says ninety three is the okay. high. Yeah, but there, that's not with humidity. No, definitely not. Um, ninety three in the low seventy three. So if they play the game, maybe at like nine p.m. No, have to be after that. It would be like eleven. Um, yeah, to 73. But then that doesn't even work time zone wise with all of the people who actually want to watch this game. Like this game logic dictates with time zones that this game's gonna be like a like a new No, it's an American tour. It doesn't yeah, no, matter. This, really. they won't, they, yeah, they won't they won't care about they won't show that, this no. shit. Because Arsenal's playing in Los Angeles. They don't care about London on this tour <laughs> at <Okay>. all. <laughs> yeah, this is this is like I guess their preseason, right? Like it's like um basically the Premier League is too important to play like regular season game. Like we're sending them NFL like regular season games, but to them this is it's like exhibitions. It's friend like this is not like a big game. Like it's not a, a sorry match, right? I think that's what I'm supposed to say. Yes, yes. But um, yeah, no. Like this is this is not a. It's it's like a just a for show. It's, it's like basically like a tourist like travel thing. And they'll 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 they're play their top guys will play for about all of. 15 minutes and they'll pull everyone out and they'll rotate. Yeah, just all, all the young ones probably still going to be fucking hot. It's still yeah, gonna be gross. It's going to be ridiculous. I, I love that. This is Liverpool's tour of the United States. It's Philadelphia. Oh, you know what? We have not said yet today. Liverpool won something today. Oh, they, they did. They did. They won not the FA cup, but the English football league cup, which is like yes, the, the Carabao other cup. It's it's the cup contest for only the, t- the professional teams. It doesn't include like, you know, pub team United, just, like the twelfth tier. Yeah, it's like the top five, te- the five maybe top four leagues. I think I don't know. Anyways, Liverpool it's, beat Chelsea today in extra time. Go it's kind of like the uh, the NIT, I would say. Yeah, except now that would be interesting if you could play in the NCAA tournament and the NIT. Hmm, that would be fun. And just like the, the importance and the CBI and equivalence the... is like the NIT, but it, it's still it's still a, a trophy. Whatever. It's it's hardware that Tottenham doesn't have. I can just yeah. say that. Well, I mean, it's been 16 years since y'all won that one. Let's see, you know what? That was a great year. Or maybe more. I don't know. It was, it's been a longer time. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, the, so, can I talk to you about Moon Hummus? Yes. The, yeah. Why would we say no? I don't know. I, I, one of these days, you, well, usually say no whenever I go, I, I start with, can I talk to you about blah? So I was impressed that you actually said yes. Okay. okay but uh, like, least... you can't say something like moon hummus and expect us not to be interested in the space food, Jordan. I can't remember who retweeted this the first time. So you're time. saying the moon is made of chickpeas? Yes. Actually, Texas A&M has grown chickpeas in moon regolith. Oh God. Go figure dog church. Chickpeas, grommet. Yes. They have chickpeas in moon dust. And I posted this and then a lot of other people had strong feelings about, well, Florida actually grew the first plants in moon dust. It wasn't food, but it was plants. And then LSU is like, well, we got something on the moon right fucking now. And we're getting this space race thing. I'm really enjoying because I really do think that the space race needs a catalyst and an SEC space race makes me so happy. Because then there were people like, well, there's been a fucking Auburn flag on the moon. And it just it has spun off from there. Aggies, the moon isn't an Aggie unless you bury a Reveille there. Oh, <laughs> like fucking Spock. No. Like, we're going to shoot it. No. We're going to put a, the Reveille in a fucking photon torpedo and shoot it into the moon. 
And it's going to need a scoreboard. Just saying. Watch the game. It's true. My favorite thing about this is the from the tweet that Texas A&M sent out. It implies that they think that the Martian really happened. Yes, it does say. When, remember when Matt Damon was harvesting potatoes in space a few years ago? Yep. It, not quite the same, but that's okay. He also did it on Mars, which has very different. So I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out you know it's like there's there's moon dust right mm-hmm. I mean do you think do you think the LSU fans would try to make a a rue with some moon dust Okay so so <laughs> I don't know do you know what moon dust is like lunar soil is made out of No it it is tiny like tiny sharp shards of rock Okay it apparently mean... d- like the problem with a lot of the samples that we've pulled back from the moon like back in the day from the Apollo missions is that they would just eat through the seals that we had them in because they're it's so sharp and so corrosive. Have have you guys watched that awful like okay, never mind, it's not an awful show. I really like that show on Apple TV about what if the Soviets got to the moon first and there was a space race. Okay, it's I, a great it's for all mankind. Telling it's me really I good. really need to watch this. It's show. really good. It's like, it's by Ron Moore, who did Battlestar Galactica. So it has it, it's not okay. you know, it's not super grim serious, but but they do have a lot of like moon dust is annoying as shit and it just destroys everything. And yes, apparently it continues to do so. It's just like tiny little shards of things that just get everywhere. It's coarse and rough and gets everywhere. But going back to Kamisha's original question, is the fact that most people look at it and say this is not a thing you should ever make into food enough to stop Louisianans from attempting to make it into food? Oh, no, it's guaranteed. The moon does jambalaya. Here we go. It would be amazing to do that. I feel like and I would eat it. I, I'm not here. Like, I'm not trashing Louisianans. Like, so I will eat, like, any, like I will eat like anything. Little shards. Throw it, throw it in a can of Tony Saturies and you got some Cajun seasoning mm-hmm. with some moon dust in it. Oh, you got, your, you got yourself a roux. <laughs> I mean, you could probably do it. They would do it. I think they would. If, if I'm, I'm just imagining Cajun astronauts. I'm just figuring you didn't put it through a food mill enough. Run it through I, a couple more times. Yeah, yeah that's, it, I mean that's the problem. Is you just haven't ground it down enough. I mean, no, just get the the mortar and the pestle and just mm-hmm. all done. Just don't worry about it, baby. We gonna make you some gumbo, moon dust gumbo. There was a terrible book that I had to read at some point in junior high about people who went into space and were gonna farm, and every single plant that came up in this environment was super sharp, mm. like would cut through everything would terribly damage you people had to like walk around with lead boots and everything and they eventually solved it by discovering hey if we just put everything through a food mill we can grind it up enough that we can eat (laughs) (laughs) a fine slurry works for anything i do not remember what this book was called (laughs) book with extremely pointy space plants but like but like seriously we're gonna have a space race an sec space race and i love it I think this is exactly what we need to kick off the next space race. Is just, I, I yeah. you know, uh, imagine an athletic director walking into to the aerospace department, being like, "I don't want to pay you, boys. We gotta get our asses to the moon right now. We can't have a fucking Auburn flag out there." <laughs> what the fuck is this? This is bad for recruiting. Imagine the, who's going to be the first person to throw horns down, but in space. Right. Like, how do you know which way's up and down? Oh, that's true i mean i mean at least at least at least muslims have solved the reveille problem for us because muslims figured out that no no go with me here because muslims uh, uh, uh clerics have decided that 
if you're praying towards Earth, that is correct. You don't have to pray towards Mecca when you're in space. You're just praying towards Earth. So that is actually works for anywhere in the universe, technically. And so we just have so to make sure that Revely can see. horns pointed at Earth are horns down. I think so. And as long as Revely can see Earth, that counts as being able to see the game, I think. Yeah. I mean, also, those of us who have read Ender's Game knows that know that down is relative. So really, yes. horns down is any way you want it to be. Right. So yeah. really, like, the, thank, the enemy's thank horns God. are down. Thank right. God the moon's orbit is tidal locked. Otherwise, the Aggies would be upset. Oh, imagine, imagine the Aggies fuck up land on the dark side. They're going to fucking turn that thing themselves. We're going to have to rotate the goddamn moon. <laughs> Get all the king ranches up there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just just blast them. We're just going to have to go. Oh, God. I Y'all are going to have to midnight yell harder. We got to turn the moon. I mean, Matt, yeah. <laughs> In, in space, no one can hear you midnight yell. <laughs> I bet you, I bet, fuck it, I'll fucking tell you, they're going to hear me yell. There's there's this shot in The Expanse, which is a great, another great sci-fi series, where to yell at each other in helmets when like their comms don't work, they touch their helmets to each other because Sam will travel in metal. Mm-hmm. And so they push their, and so I'm just imagining a bunch of Aggies like pressing their goddamn helmets together, screaming at each other. Oh, it's that's also the canon. most Aggie thing possible though. It's also <laughs> canon in the expanse that Texans settled Mars because a lot of Martians have Texan accents. And so that just, I, I'm just imagining I mean, this. It, it does kind of look like Lubbock, doesn't it? It does. It kind of does. If you told me that Texas Tech's first extracellular branch was, you know, Olympus Mons, I would probably go with that. Oh my God, this is how Firefly happened, isn't it? Yes, exactly how Firefly happened. I'm just imagining a uh, two Aggies in space. Their comms are out, but you know the lids are together, and they just go whoop, 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 Fucking 100 years and we're still, I'm mining, I'm mining lithium, you know, was it detritium from this fucking moon to give Jimbo Fisher his goddamn payout. Interest on that's really a bitch, isn't it? Really is. Jimbo, you should have taken it in unobtainium. Mm-hmm. I was going to say you should have gone to Doha, but apparently they, A&M's canceling oh that campus. More said, like Doha. They're shutting down the Doha campus. Oh no! You just said unobtainium. Now I'm thinking of of Avatar, but mm-hmm. it's Aggie, so it's Aggitar. Aggie giant, giant blue Aggies. Uh huh. No, they're maroon. <laughs> <laughs> they're maroon. They're maroon. No, they're not. They're just Revelies. Humanoid Revelies. We got, we got dog people instead of cat people. Yep. Yeah. They did oh, have a giant cat person yeah. in a Stanford shirt. That is canon. They were wearing Stanford during the first movie. That is true. I can't believe Stamper paid for that. I assume they did. At least I don't fucking know. Uh, so that's that's our our lunar uh, segment. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to give like the really loud whoop because you know the family's going. I, I know like, you were really like you were hesitant. I was like, no, it's the baby's not. I was like, I gotta be quiet. I can't just. Just go full volume here because it's it's late and it's been a rough weekend with the baby. I, just, I didn't want to just go. <laughs> I kind of want to do it now though. But you you did you did a pretty good one. Okay, all right, that's good. We're fine. Yeah, we'll chop and screw it if we need whoop, to. Whoop. Whoop. 
There it is. Because this podcast is about factualness and accountability, I have a correction to make. True facts here only. On On the last podcast, we said that the Summit League tournament is going to be at the Sanford Pentagon in Sioux Falls. That is not true. The Summit League tournament is at the Denny Sanford Premier Center, which is also in Sioux Falls, but is not the Sanford Pentagon. Named after the same person in the same yes, city. Yes, it's, it's the same Sanford in the same city, but a different building. So we were joking on the last podcast about people messing up when they put the directions in into like Google Maps or into their Uber. And, you know, like, honestly, it could have happened to us. It could have happened to us. I'm sorry, Summit League. Y'all are y'all are good people. I apologize. So it's, a, it's the same. Carol person. and I can't leave you guys alone for five minutes. No, that's that's what it shows. It's the same person. So like Denny Sanford. And, I believe it. Yes, and same Sanford, people. it's the same person that that it's not Sanford and Son. That's I what I was thinking. Uh, okay. <laughs> While we are briefly on the topic of the last episode, I just want everybody to know that I, like Arthur, immediately realized that Team A and Team B were Wake Forest upon listening. Wake <laughs> and Wake Forest upon listening to the episode. Uh, I spent that entire bit going, "Oh no, 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 Commission, no, don't pick Pit." Yeah, no, it's weird <laughs> because for so long. I had like for for so long for me college basketball and pit basketball were divorced right mm-hmm. I mean from tw- from when Pitt hired Kevin Stallings to 2017 until 2022 like they just existed as different entities to me mm-hmm. and suddenly it's like oh boy like I like they've they've converged again <laughs> like following college basketball and following pit basketball it's like whoa like there's overlap here and it's really weird to know exactly what your team's net ranking is, but um, I do. Okay. Uh, Beth, do you have anything to talk about for West Virginia basketball, or do you just want to not look no. at, not look at it? Okay, it's fine. No, no, I I I tried, and I'm still growing my skin back because it was an Ark of the Covenant kind of experience. I I have to admit, one of my favorite jokes that I that I made this week was the. Someone had posted a little thing about an epi- like a newspaper wrote about an episode of Bluey being their Oppenheimer moment. And then I just posted a picture of Bandit looking through like the the glass being really overexposed. Blueenheimer. Yeah, it was great. It was a very was good bit, the- Jordan. I thought that was that was like my personal favorite one. This it did numbers too, which I was really surprised about. But that was my favorite thing. Um, let's do before we go into our our plugs because we have a new plug to add in can we talk about like coffee takes we have a, we actually have a coffee ad that we're going to read so let's talk about some coffee takes hey girl do you have coffee opinions oh i have so many coffee opinions yeah, yeah what are your coffee i think opinions? i've i think i've mentioned this on the pod before um obnoxiously pit boyfriend have somewhere in the realm of 10 implement like different ways of making coffee none of which plug into the wall uh, we have a fully manual lever espresso press. We have a couple different mocha pots. My favorite one is the one where it's like a little fountain. You put the little cups in it instead oh, of yeah, the yeah. pot where you pour out of it. Um, we have what else do we have? We have a Chemex. We have a V60. We have a Vietnamese coffee maker, which is great, by the way. Vietnamese coffee rules. Strong recommend. Big fan there. 
French press, all the usual things. For folks who um, don't know what Vietnamese coffee is, could you explain that one? Oh, yes. Vietnamese coffee is like legal speed. Uh, you brew it very strong in this little thing called a fin, which works kind of like a French press, but not exactly. You can make Vietnamese coffee in a French press if you have one and you don't have the Vietnamese coffee maker. You brew it very, very strong, and then you mix it with uh, sweetened condensed milk, and then yeah, you, you go do. to space, and it's amazing. Strong oh, I should try it. this. Oh, yeah, Beth, it, it would probably be Beth death, but I, you would oh. die in such a great way. Um, I really okay. enjoy it. Uh, Vietnamese iced coffee is is one of the best things in the world. It is like like many. Oh God, I'm going to say this. I'm gonna, this is going to get me in trouble. It, it is like colonialism in a cup mm -hmm. because it is a combination of French the French process of making coffee, but mm -hmm. it's so goddamn hot in Vietnam that they didn't want to drink hot coffee mm -hmm. and they couldn't get access to dairy that they trusted, so they brought over sweet condensed milk. Yep. Same thing. Same thing that bond me is colonialism on a bun. Because it is the mm -hmm. French baguette with the Vietnamese deliciousness on it. Same thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Worth noting also, if you make Vietnamese coffee at home, you want to make this with a very, very dark roast. Um, idea and actually this is also one of the very relatively few like excellent applications of Robusta coffee, which is like the cheap coffee that Itza coffee gets gets made out of, but it's actually very good as Vietnamese coffee. Okay. Um, strong recommend there. I also make cold brew by the gallon. I am a cold brew girly. It is the way and the truth and the life. And yes, it is four degrees in Pennsylvania right now. Not actually, it was warm today, but you know, cold brew all year. Thank you. This has been Coffee Opinions with Pit Girl. There we go. Beth, do you have coffee opinions? Um, I have a can of Cafe de Monde uh, chicory coffee in mm -hmm. my pantry. And maybe I could figure out a thing to do with that. You yeah. could make Vietnamese coffee with that, actually. That yeah, is a good okay. roast for that. that was I have... I have a whole lot of tea opinions, but I do not have coffee opinions. Oh, when you come to Dallas, I'll take you to Rakasan. They do uh, loose leaf tea from it's it's uh, sustainably sourced and from small growers all over the world, and it's amazing. You mean like this stuff that I have? Yes, that was just next to me. Cool. Yes. Wow, that's that's impressive. She always got that tea more. on her. Yeah, do, do, do you do you have coffee opinions? I, I'm always it's 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 all cold all the time. Uh, I, I pretty much just do cold brew. I, I have a, I got a gallon thing for, for Christmas. So I, I have, it's, it's just like a giant Mason jar mm -hmm. and, and like with the steeper in it, it's so great. Uh, is, is probably, I I've, you know, you get a Christmas gift and you know, some you may use on occasion or something like that, but like this one I'm using on the daily basis. So, uh, very, very useful. I love the chicory. I, I love the New Orleans coffee. I love that stuff. Um, Cuban coffee, uh, very, very similar to Vietnamese coffee. Uh, just a little bit different method, but that that, that tends to be hot, uh, which I, I, I again, I, I would like my stuff cold. Uh, just just give me cold coffee all the time. I don't need I don't need the heat on the coffee and you know on this this diet that I'm on right now, I, I, I can't have like creamer. So I'm, I'm the, I can have like some like stevia or something, but it's just like, there's no cream. And I'm like, mm. but it's, it, I'm surviving on it, but uh, the cold brew is helping out a lot. And I'm noticing different flavors that I would get out of different beans yeah. now, which it gives me a different level. And I don't want to be a snotty coffee person, but um, 
I've already bought some from our our, our new sponsor. So, so let's let's roll right into shortly. it. Roll yeah. right into that. So go ahead, tell us about our new sponsor. So we have a new affiliate partner. Uh, it is Seven Coffee Roasters. They are based out of Seattle, Washington, uh, but they are Hawaiians who live in Seattle. Uh, so we got a new code. Uh, essentially, we got a new link to use. Uh, you know, we we got the Hawaiian coffee roasted in Seattle. Get the best for all those late night Hawaii tests. That is that's what I'm going to say. That so uh, seven coffee roasters. Uh, we have a link. Uh, you can give them your email off of the link, and they'll email you a 15 percent off coupon for your first purchase. Um, and then you get fresh roasted coffee in three to five business days. So as soon as they get the order, they are roasting the coffee, roasting the beans for you to get it out and, and get it to you within three to five business days. Uh, also their coffee prices that they have, the coffee prices that they have, uh, include shipping. So there's no additional shipping charge on top of what you see on that. They, they, they have some subscriptions. They have some good stuff. I, 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 I bought a bag of is, is one of their blends called Biscuit Bitch, and apparently uh, one of our Seattle local friends says that there's a, it's actually a restaurant name. Yes. Um, I, it, uh, there's the, like a Biscuit Bitch restaurant, like not too far down the street. Uh, and then there was another one that I got. It is a, a Guatemalan trapezito. <laughs> I was like, okay, nice. let's go with that one. So I, I'm I'm excited for this. Uh, it's a very small roaster which is cool and they do everything sustainably there's zero waste uh it's awesome so um give them a shot click our link and um you know sign up they have subscriptions too if you want like the coffee subscriptions and they have um multiple different ways you can get the the roasted coffee so you have you can get like the whole bean roast you can get uh there's an espresso roast there's I mean, a press, a drip, you know, all that stuff that uh, Pit Girl and and obnoxiously Pit Boyfriend ha- have in their house that they could use some of this. Uh, so there's four different varieties. It's pretty cool. For those of you who, unlike me, do not have a uh, coffee grinder sitting on your countertop, various grinds available, but it is worth investing in a coffee grinder. Just do it yourself. It's much fresher. Yeah, just get, do the I have, thing. I, yeah. have, I have two, I have three in my house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah, got we have a manual and electric because I made I, cold brew by the gallon. I got tired of grinding a lot. Of yeah, coffee. that's a lot. Of, you, you know, you ran from the grind. But uh, so you yeah. have three coffee grinders, and you get on my ass. No, wait, okay. having ten. But they're, but, they're, but they're not. But they're not for coffee. I have one for coffee, one for warm, one for like chili spices, mm-hmm. and one for warm like pumpkin pie spices. Because one time I fucked up and I ended up getting some cumin into an apple pie. And while that was interesting, not exactly what I wanted. Okay. Cumin's hard to get out of those things. So, um, yeah, yeah, so I have, I have three, I have three coffee grinders, but I use two for spices. Beth, how many percolators do you have? Uh, eight, I think eight or nine. Okay. I was wondering, cause those don't exist anymore. Well, if you want a percolator, I know where you can get one. I do. When, when, we, when we all come visit for Camp Beth. You can all take percolators with you. It'll be your, like, it'll be, it'll be your guest gift. Do you have one in avocado green? No, they're all glass. <laughs> these, oh. are all, these are all glass. I was, I was hoping for an avocado green one. My grandpa used to make percolator coffee. And when I started drinking coffee, it was like, I had never had coffee that scorched and that, mm-hmm. like, 
like it, it was jet fuel but not in a pleasant way it was like mm -hmm. scorched jet fuel oh my god the only times that we ever used them was when my adopted grandfather would come and visit and like he was on ewo and i feel like that maybe explains some things yeah that'll do it i'm just imagining beth's house is the central pennsylvania version of downton abbey <laughs> yeah i like that in, in the intro it's the pennsylvania polka uh played by <laughs> <an orchestra. laughs> Instead uh, of all the dinging bells, you just have yeah. me yelling down the stairs. <laughs> hey, it's dinner uh, time! <laughs> so definitely get on our new our new partners, Seven Coffee Roasters. We'll link, we'll tweet uh, yeah, out the we'll code as well and get it everywhere because I'm excited to get some new coffee too. I, I have been, although it's going to be 90 tomorrow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, but it is going to be 55 two days later. And I may need, I know, me too. And so I'm going to may need some warmer coffee. So I might try some hot coffee. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I don't 55 know. 55 is still very much cold coffee weather, even cold if you, coffee. Oh, I, you I mean, I unlike me, are not a cold coffee all the time person. I mean, I, I mean, I am a cold coffee all the time person. My one hot coffee take, by the way, by hot coffee, I mean a spicy coffee take, is that sometimes you just need like, truck stop coffee yes or like just hot coffee in a large like a like a mug at a breakfast mm -hmm. diner that coffee exists for a reason is delicious it requires lots of cream and sugar to like get it to calm down in my stomach but sometimes that just needs to be there yeah diner coffee hits as someone who drinks like also like you know nice coffee diner coffee is the workhorse of coffees and i respect that mm -hmm. and it is good also Are i you would like Put Go salt ahead. in diner coffee types? No. 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 Okay. No. I would also Although, like to take this moment briefly to appreciate the new coffee machines that Sheets has, where they grind the coffee for you, and then it comes, mm -hmm. it's like an all-in-one grinder, brewer, and you can tell it's fresh because it's got the CO2 bubbles on top, on top. 10 out of 10, thank you, Sheets, for innovating. Yes, that and the new orders, the new menu order screens that tell you whose order is presently being prepared are my two favorite Sheets innovations. I'm not a coffee drinker, but I do love to watch the machine. Other things we're plugging this week, as always, $5 a month gets you access to our Patreon and Discord where you can yell about us, about our bad opinions in real time. If you like hot coffee all the time, tell us about that. Why not? Uh, your $5 a month will absolutely help me get my lattes, so you might as well pay them. I do have to say that between my two classes that I teach on Mondays and Wednesdays, I have a little bit of time and I'm in sort of a, uh, a douchier area of Dallas. So there's lots of coffee shops. So I get a good pour over between classes, mm. even if it's toasty out, just cause I like the pour, like sitting there with the pour over with my laptop. Like there's a whole, like, it's a thing. Good pour um, over is very good. Also. It is. It is. And, and they do like nice, like specialty roasted beans. So I drink it pretty much black just because i like the flavors it's a little oily it has that little bit of oil to it it's real nice mm -hmm. uh, so that's a five dollars a month we also have our podcasts on our, our podcasts that are patreon only we're going to be starting up soon with commission's corner again and beth and i almost have ours ready to go i asked our listeners 
to send submit versions of their fight song like their tradition like the most traditional versions they can find well all the extra stuff like all the cheer all the sh- like the spellings and the cheers and whatever i have a uh-huh. whole i've all and I'm, I'm sure we have a perfectly reasonable number of those oh that it is, is not at all overwhelming a, a bajillion so <laughs> i i have i have a different idea how we're gonna have to break this down I was so we're, we're, we're gonna break this down a little differently about that because <laughs> i realized quickly that going one per week is not gonna happen so we're going to have to break it hey, down. Hey, listen, we'll be busy till the heat death of the universe. Oh, hey, man. That's, if, if I can figure <laughs> out, if I can figure out why Sam Houston State uses Simper Paratus, that'll be my win. Because like the no, Coast Guard? Yes. I think we, I, we, we've we talked about this. I remember talking about this. Yeah. We heard, I heard that, that Sam Houston State, we heard it on one of the broadcasts, they use Simper Paratus. And I emailed the band director there and he didn't know why it was either. But apparently they have some long-standing agreement with the Coast Guard on a certain arrangement. But they also can't record it commercially. It's a whole thing. Because Simper Paratus, I don't it's one of the, I don't think it's owned by the Coast Guard. I think it's owned by someone else and licensed. Anyway, it's a whole story. That's an interesting one. Um we'll also getting back to Commission's Corner pretty soon. As as yeah, I got a couple. Um I and I'm working on getting the uh getting lined up with uh, Blue from Feed Your Mascot Podcast to start recording some of the Prairie View Chronicles, which I, I believe we're tentatively set to record on this Wednesday, which as long as we can make that happen. I don't know how many parts this is going to be, but um, I'm going to try to keep it under an hour an episode. There we go. It's a thing we've all always said and never managed to do. No, uh, Blue has a hard out. Oh, there we uh, go. At the hour. So hopefully we can do that. And then I'm trying to break it up because it's just an incredible amount of information. Um, It's, 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 it's fascinating. And it's just, you know, it's incredible to see what the players went through. Uh, There was a lot of different things that, that happened there and, I mean, just to see where the program is now and their stadium now, like coming from that to, you know, I mean, coming from that to where they are now is, is, yeah. is kind of an amazing thing. And we kind of want to highlight it. We have a merch store at sickoscommunity.org. Ladies of Sickos Gear, Sith Alert, and our Vaporwave lineup. We have a YouTube channel that actually has videos and shorts now. They're Woo! great. You should Woo! watch them. They're really funny. Yeah, subscribe. Uh, our 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 good friend Hector is doing those for us. Hector, who also does videos for folks like um, Split Zone Duo and those guys. We have an Instagram yeah, we- as well, where I just throw up the usual things, but add filters to them. You know what? And, you know what's funny but, with the YouTube, by the way. We're at four hundred ninety nine subscribers. We are. I saw that. We're past the weed number. No, we are. We are. We are past the weed number. We basically just need one more. Uh, it, please, it if you're listening you. to this. It could be it you. It could be you. Uh, it probably and... should be me. <laughs> Are you not subscribed? No. Beth, do it right know. now. Beth, Sorry. congratulations. You're a lucky subscriber 500. Jesus. Hooray. Hold up. I, I have to refresh this till Beth subscribes. Hang on. I'm Smash hungry. that subscribe button. Jordan, yeah. you didn't even have to remind me. Tickle that like button. Um, <laughs> ah. the doobly-doo uh, for all of the links. Uh, uh, what's, yeah, do all the do all the things. And we'll oh no! Do... I th- I think I am subscribed. Never mind. Damn I did it. Do the okay. thing. Well, you no, are no. not lucky subscriber five hundred, but listener, you could be lucky could be. subscriber five hundred if you smash the subscribe button. Smash it! Just I, absolutely I, smash it. That's or what just you're supposed press to do, it right? gently. No, 
No, it doesn't no. count if you don't like fucking smash it. Yep, you gotta smash it like you're slamming down a landline phone. <laughs> yeah, I do remember doing that. I do what remember is- landline phones. Can so th- the house that I'm currently in has three landline phones. That is so I many. I haven't paid attention to those phones in a long time. Um, and so. Landline phones, pick girl, are not like cell phones. Typically, you had several of them in a house. I'm aware. I discovered that Puddles was still paying for the landline phone, but he also found the way that it rang to be irritating. So he just took the Cat 3 cables out of all of the phones. They're just hanging there. Like, these are not cordless phones. These are cordy phones. Yeah. And they're just hanging on the wall. Uh On the hook. Yeah. yeah, so then he doesn't have to deal with it ringing. ringing. Also, you can't make any calls or answer anything. So, but where do the where do the calls go then? Just the void. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Do you want me to go downstairs and get a phone? I don't know. No, I no, I just oh, no, I oh. Hey, we just hit five hundred. There we go. Hey! Thank, you, Thank you, Arthur. Yay! Thank you, Arthur. <laughs> There we go. 500. Now now all we need is like 4,000 more watch hours before we can get monetized. Uh, yeah, I was trying to figure out how many watch hours we needed. And it's I'm like, lot. if we if we keep posting one minute videos, like... <laughs> In a million years, whatever. It'll be fine. Kind listener, yeah. please consider putting our podcast on in the background on mute while you're at work, which is something yeah. that I keep forgetting to do. Yeah. How many watch hours do we need total? I don't know. Uh, a a lot. lot. A thousand? I don't know. I have to look. Uh, last I've I, seen, if we need we to can get three thousand. Okay, so if we can just make one three thousand hour video, yeah, and then I'll just watch that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, as soon as we become big, I'm just going to turn the channel into a flat Earth channel, anyways. So it doesn't matter. I'm going to sell out to minions. <laughs> I'm going to use minion memes to sell flat Earth to people. Perfect. I thought you would go the bluey route, but okay. No, I mean, which are conventional minions, thinkers minions are better. that Earth is real. Minions, minions are better for the old folks that I'm trying to scam into our channel. Yeah, we all knew <laughs> that eventually our target demographic was going to be boomers on Facebook. Yeah. And little 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 minion memes about like, they think the Earth is really a sphere. Ha ha ha. It's actually <laughs> a, a Taurus, a donut. Yeah. I think I've said this before on here, but I remember back in the day, like I used to listen to that radio show coast to coast am and listen to like oh my god yes right like, yes like i used to listen to this radio show that was on from like 11 p.m i'm sorry commission we're going on this road. we're going and, down this road again and it was just like listen to people be like you know call call this special number tonight tonight's special number is for energy vampires call this number if you're an energy vampire call this number if you're a time traveler from the future call this number if you're a time traveler from the past and are you one like, of the lizard people oh yes yeah and like they, they would have whole theme nights and they would do this over and over again art bell would do this for years and years and then George Nori and like I would love listening to this because I assumed everyone else was also in on the joke but up then I found out in the last couple of years that no people are not in on the joke people actually believe this stuff and it was a lot less funny but that used to be my overnight like drive when all you had was mm-hmm. AM radio to like yep. comfort you to wherever you were driving yep I'm driving back to Altoona from Indianapolis in the middle of the night because I am yep four hours of people talking about Whatever's on your mind, whatever whatever Jesus brought to Jesus once you speak I'm about. pretty sure that my mother in law is an alien and not that kind of alien. Yeah. 
yeah, a lot of that. Uh, shout out to Message Board Geniuses Podcast. They go to the places that you refuse to believe. And lastly, our original sponsor, someone we love dearly, is Comfort Apparel. I just did laundry, and I'm staring at my pile of laundry on the bed right here. And there are so many mobile shirts. Beth is wearing the People Mover West Virginia shirt. PRT. Girl's wearing her pit. Was that pit? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, this is the blue script, like baseball script pit hoodie. Love it's it. It's very good. I, I very much want to get you a pit, uh, a PRT shirt, pit girl. I that know is, you have no use for a West Virginia shirt, but it's a very good West Virginia it's shirt. It's the only West Virginia shirt I would ever consider wearing because the PRT is objectively delightful, even outside of the fact that it happens to be in Morgantown. We also have our Sicko shirt showdowns. We haven't picked our new one for this week yet, but we do have our other ones still on sale. If you Google yep. Sicko shirt showdown, it does come up. And all those shirts are 25% off with offer code committee. Yeah, we still got 13 shirts on the collection uh, right now. I... I just have not. Um, I don't think we've decided for next week. Yep. We just haven't gotten there yet. It's been a busy weekend. Decisions are hard. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, folks. It's time for, we are bringing back something that we've gone a few weeks without because I've been crazy in life, but we are going to bring back our segment, the worst season of all time for teams who are above 600 all time. Was sat, was sat for toi 600 at. Wow. 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 And we talk about, Wow. 1957 Nebraska. So wow. y'all, right. Uh, I'm going to drop the link in the show notes to my document. <laughs> show notesception. So you guys can read along with me a little We've bit. We've got show notes and show notes. My God. Right. I've got who's it's I and what's I heard you like show notes. So I got you some show notes to go with your show notes. You want thingamabobs? I got 20. Plenty. But who cares? I want more. I want to be with a just post the link so we can do the podcast. <laughs> okay, I dropped it in the chat. So look, click on that. It sends you to the comp to, to the page. So y'all, 1957 Nebraska. Um, this one came up because I've been looking for teams that have a very clear worst year. There are some that it's actually kind of hard to find a real like stinker year. I'm not going to make those programs feel so good yet by mentioning them, but. <laughs> Nebraska, they had a bad time. And that bad time was 1942 to 1962. About 20 years of bad football. And when I say bad, it was, they were only ranked once in that time. And they had zero conference titles in that time. Jordan, do we think that we might be in in another bad Nebraska time right now? So it's not as long yet. Yet. And yet. But it's hard to tell these things when you're in them. Usually after the facts, only when you notice. And, so and the, the last was so this one was 30 years, 20 years, how 20 long? Years, 20 years. 20 years. Yeah. And uh, let's Nebraska. Trying to figure out how long the current bad time yeah, is. So because... the, the, the last, the last winning season Nebraska had at this moment is 2016. So, okay. but like, yeah, I would, was, we are rapidly approaching 10 years of bad Nebraska folks. Yeah. Getting there. Okay. We're still an adolescent away though. So let's talk about what built into this because we had uh, our good friend Dana Xenophon Bible comes back in this story. Yes! Uh, Xenophon was actually the coach at Nebraska from 29 to 36. And they won the Big Six Conference a whole bunch. Didn't go to any bowl games at that time, but that was still before like bowls were, a, you know, a common, as common a thing. So that wasn't super out there. 
And then a dude by the name of Biff Jones was the coach. And they actually lost the Rose Bowl, but went to a Rose Bowl in that time. And then in 42, things start going downhill. They get a new coach, Glenn Presnell. He goes three and seven, lasts only one year. And in 43, they, they get a head coach by the first name of Adolph, which in, in 43, hey, Nebraska, good for you. It was Adolph Lewandowski. Uh, he was the head coach and basketball coach at Nebraska. He goes two and six in two seasons and then bails. George Clark goes four and five in one season. We have lots of these teams where it's, they, they go like they last two or three seasons tops. Bill Glassford in the four, early 50s was sort of like the most stable thing. They did go to an Orange Bowl at that point, but they were only six and five that season. So like you're saying that season. Nebraska has trouble whenever they're just cycling through coaches willy nilly. Yeah. So, so like, like I, I didn't drop this in the in the post, but I will drop it in the chat. I'll, I'm going to show you sort of like the time frame that we're talking about here because it is it is a rough one y'all they're just dropped it in the chat it's it's this year's here this Ooh. is not, right so we're talking like lots of just like four and twos two and eights six and five in there like i said that's that was the high point and then we get to bill jennings so at this point nebraska football is in a rough patch what ends up happening is that Pete Elliott was hired to be the head coach in Nebraska in 56. He goes four and six, and then he bails for Cal. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And then they hire Bill Jennings, who was an assistant in Oklahoma from 47 to 53. He also played ball at Oklahoma. This is, by the way, when Oklahoma was just murdering everyone. Mm -hmm. It was a very good Oklahoma time. He was the backfield coach for Nebraska in 56, the year before, and then gets promoted to head coach in 57 with just a flailing Nebraska team. If you go to the next page down, you see a picture of him. He's just like a nice old dude in a white t-shirt. Like, just looks like a guy. Kamish, will you drop pictures for me as we go in the chat? Okay. Uh, you also see a picture of him being lifted on his shoulders, lifted on his player's shoulders in one of the few wins that they had because they did not have a lot of wins underneath, underneath coach. And then you also have him just looking real butt in a nice tweed jacket, I believe. With real slick back hair. Real sharp looking dude. Uh, we also have the coaching staff here. Bring back coaching staff just taking pictures in white t-shirts. Why not? It's a good it's a good look for them. It's a vibe. It is. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the schedule. They go one and nine this year, which is the lowest point of any Nebraska team. They win one game at Kansas State, which is actually interesting because at that point, Manhattan, Kansas was sort of the place that was snake bit for Nebraska. They would go there and they'd fuck things up just constantly. This year, they beat Kansas State in Manhattan and lose the rest of them. Well, who do they lose to? They lose to Washington State, Army, number 20 Pitt, Syracuse, Mizzou, Kansas, Iowa State, Colorado, and then the last, number six, Oklahoma. This is just a combination of a very bad out-of-conference schedule. Washington State, Army, Pitt, and Syracuse doesn't sound like a really bad out-of-conference schedule, but in that time period, it was. And the fact that two of those games were on the road at West Point, at Pittsburgh, yeah, and yeah, it was just not a great run for them. I, I do want to sidetrack us a little bit to start with though 
Uh, I have an article called University Marching Band Begins Fall. Oh, and- wait. You're going to sidetrack us with band stuff? See, right. No. So, well, I, I, I do want to talk great. about this because oh. they, they, they talk about this in the newspaper like it's the team. Nebraska's veteran baton waiver of over 20, 30 years watched 81 returning lettermen check out suits Monday, officially the first day of practice for the 120-minute university marching band. And wow, we have stuff like, but Professor Lentz cautioned the Husker fans against exuberant optimism. Our trumpet section was knocked in the teeth. We had 39 trumpeters and some of the best ones were lost through graduation. When it comes to fanfares in the face of the brisk north wind, there will be no, there are nothing like trumpets. Okay, I like that. <laughs> Professor Lentz admits that they'll have some hosses up front, such as Dick Oring of Omaha, the returning drum major who had two years experience with the Marine Band and one with the Omaha North. Equipped with a new baton, Dick believes this should be his big year. It's Dick's big year. <clears throat> the Scarlet and Cream Maestro has shifted Orland Thomas of Lincoln to symbols. In the past, he played trombone and the glockenspiel. And a possible threat is Bill Rasky from Central City, who plays one of the few E-flat clarinets in the country. Jordan, did you write this? No, but did it's you great. travel back in time to write this? This is amazing. We need to talk about bands like we do football teams. The I can't believe he switched position. My God, it, this yeah. is so good. We lost so many trumpets. I don't know what we're going to do. Oh. We got a rare E-flat clarinet. Oh, my oh. God. Uh, but there are some flat notes, in quotes, and the outlook. Professor Lentz laments the schedule. Three games in November where early darkness and cold weather hamper the early evening practice sessions. You can neither pass off notes with gloved fingers, nor can you control 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 trombone slides in the dark. I don't you know can't what control. You can't control anything to do with a trombone ever. Correct. Darkness have nothing to do with it. Uh, this was also part of the picture I sent you all this morning of the two horn players being absolute fools. Mm-hmm. Yep, same article. Okay, so what did people think about this schedule? Well, they were pretty sure that it was going to go badly, but they didn't think it was going to go as bad as it actually did. Most people were like, this is going to go like six and like six and four. Like this is a good six and four year. Not great, but this is when we turn it around. Guys, if I go back and read through those 20 years of newspapers and I skimmed headlines, it was a lot of this is the year this turns around. We're going to get back to the 40s. This is the year Nebraska turns football around. That sounds familiar. It was it was really hard to read, y'all. Knowing knowing what I know in the year of our Lord 2024, it was a real rough read. I believe though. So let's go. Uh, so if you scroll down a little bit, you'll see their starting lineup for Nebraska and how much they weighed. Because again, we're in the time period where the only advanced stat we have is weight. I do want to point you to the 198 pound center. The 179-pound left guard and the uh, uh, 195, yeah, uh, uh, sorry, the 198-pound center, my bad. Yes, that was their backup. And so, yeah, this was not like a beefy group like you would think of. In fact, it's brought up several times that the pit team have monstrous boys. Yeah. And it just got rolled over. It's because we Uh, put french fries on sandwiches. Usually, but usually you think of like Nebraska ball as being like big beefy boys. It was not this year. Not from yet, the, at least. From the yearbook. Football reigns as king of sports. The exaltation of victory, acceptance of defeat, intense emotions with insight into character, essentially teamwork, particularly sportsmanship, kaleidoscopic crowds, enveloping spirit, and rewarding fatigue. 
I don't know. I will say that the most prominent pictures in the yearbook were of were of Nebraska players being injured. You can see pictures of them in neck braces right there. Yeah, there was there was some interesting stuff in here. Oh my goodness! I love that they had the number on the side of their helmets. Yes, that's the, the Nebraska tradition. Traditional number on the side of the helmets. They used that for quite a while. I think yeah. when they took it off. First article. State Air Force to invade Memorial Stadium. So what does Washington State's Air Force look like? Quote, we averaged 28 yards, 28 passes per game last season. And we'll pass even more if our grounds game bogs down. That's what Washington State's air <laughs> so attack So many. Like. And y'all... That Somewhere first game the ghost of Mike Leach is laughing. And so that game didn't go well for them. Uh, they lost that first game to Washington State 34-12. And I do have the stat line right there. I do need to, to look at that Nebraska stat line because they did attempt 15 passes, seven completed, and had two intercepted for 86 yards. And that's sort of like a high point for them this season. Washington oh, no. State... Like air raid was 23 passes, 14 completed with three interceptions. So <laughs> it was it was not great around like all around. Can can we take a moment to appreciate the line from this article about right end Don Ellington? Uh, go ahead and read it. Uh, right end Don Ellington, Ellingson, sorry, is the quote Mister Smarts end quote of the ball club, according to the Washington State brochure. He has the classroom savvy of an owl, the gridiron courage of a lion, and the face of a choir boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That's the weirdest sphinx. <laughs> so. The response to the game by the staff sports writer of the Nebraska of the Daily Nebraskan, through the courtesies of Bobby Newman's deft right arm and Jack Fanning's sticky fingers, the Washington State Cougars completely annihilated the Nebraska Cornhuskers on Saturday, drubbing the home team by a score of 34 to 12. There were 31,000 fans who witnessed the onslaught, which proved to be one of the poorest played games in Nebraska team in many seasons. Ouch. Uh oh. From the very onset of the contest, the Washington State Club completely dominated the stadium scene with its passing techniques. It did not relent until the final gun sounded. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. We'll be okay. We're gonna play. We're gonna go to play Army next. And wait, I'm looking at the stats of this game. Yeah, go for it. This, they said their passing attack went crazy. Yeah, yeah. Tw- tw- Twenty-three passes for fourteen. 14 for 23 so, yeah, with three 14 interceptions. 14 for 23. They threw three interceptions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they only threw 165 yards. That was considered to be a, a dazzling passing attack. Okay. Sure. Are you dazzled? I'm I'm um, very dazzled by the... I, I'm looking at Nebraska's passing. Uh, it mean, was worse. 7 for 15 for 86. <laughs> two INTs. I don't... I don't know. I love how they have punting stats. It's great. Right. No, like, like mm-hmm. this, this is the best part. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if y'all knew this. There was a Asian flu pandemic, an H2N2 pandemic in 1957. Hmm. I did and not. It did. Yeah. And so it actually has a lot of to do with the season because a lot of Nebraska's players ended up catching the flu. So they were already shorthanded and then they had people out. So they travel to West Point, 
and they're hoping for a turnaround here. This this should go well, right? This is, you know, there are some injuries. They've lost some of their players already. Their left hat back had a hip injury. Uh, they lost. Yeah, they. <laughs> my favorite one was other players nursing hip injuries at this time are center Dick McCashland, halfback Doug Thomas, and Bill Hawkins, guard Don Kempke, and center uh, Dick Prusia are hampered with bad Charlie horses. <laughs> so how did this go? Well, the headline tells you everything. Cornhuskers humiliated by West Point 11. Nebraska oh, no. butchered 42-0 in boring contest. Ouch. Oof. Okay. This one, the, the numbers here tell you a little more. Army's 24 first downs to Nebraska's 10. Army had more passing yards than Nebraska. Nebraska only had 11 passing yards. I will say that, uh, again, they don't list this the same way every time, but Nebraska had 14 passes, attempts, two completions, and they were intercepted four times. <laughs> that's really hard to do. Right. I think that's what I, I think that's what it's saying here. That is definitely what that says here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Ball does not, in fact, go there. Ball does not go there. No, not at, not at all. Over there. Yeah, it, it says it weird. It's like passes intercepted, intercepted by. by. Right. Like a very, very, like, uh, pass, very passive voice here. Those passes were yeah. intercepted by. Very weird. Uh, well, it sounds like they passed in passive voice. The Black Knights of the Hudson. This is a quote from Bob Martell, the sports editor. The Black Knights of the Hudson were very unhospitable Saturday afternoon as they shellacked the visiting Cornhuskers 42 to 0. It was the eighth worst beating suffered by the Huskers since World War II. Oh, only the eighth worst beating. We're having to really be cautious here with those words. The contest was so one-sided and boring that early in the third quarter, the crowd of 20,000 started to leave. Yeah, so we we are on a slide. Six different Army players scored in this route, and they actually list the ways. I'll post this later on, but they actually list the ways they scored there. And at this point, apparently the sports editor of the Lincoln Journal was starting to be turning to bitch about like uh, Nebraska football and being like, look, this team hasn't good, good since world war two. Cause Nebraska fans were like, Oh, we're still this great team. We're still this amazing team that we were in world, like before world war two, we're still a great team. And this Lincoln uh, sports journal editor was like, y'all aren't, haven't been good in like 15 years. And Nebraska fans were going, no, 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 we're still good. Again, if you've heard this before, I don't know history, if you've heard this. History before. doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. It's like poetry. It rhymes. And again, we have more articles that are like, what's wrong with the spirit of Nebraska? People don't cheer anymore. Oh, no. But y'all scroll down. Beth, tell me who's going to play at the homecoming. Where am I looking? Keep scrolling down a little bit. This is like page. I don't know. You'll page. see it. Huh? Who's playing homecoming at Nebraska? Duke Ellington. Duke Ellington is playing homecoming at Nebraska. We shall catch the A-train. We shall. That's awesome. That's great. I love that. So we're back to the Del Rasmussen, the sports staff writer. The University of Nebraska Cornhuskers, after losing two humiliating games in as many starts of the 1957 football season, finally found their own last Saturday in Manhattan, Kansas, and won a game 14-7. to This is their one game of the season. A defensive team showing of the Huskers, comparable to the mighty Huskers of old that held the Wildcats three times within the four-yard line, proved the Huskers' might under the tutelage of able coach, head coach Bill Jennings. I'm hearing they got lucky as hell. 
Yeah. So uh, K State actually outrushed outrushed them and uh, had more yards than them, and also, by the way, uh, had more first downs. Nebraska intercepted them four times. Oh, that'll do it. That'll do it. Okay, that's fine. Wait, hold on a second. What? Am I seeing that correctly? That they had more interceptions than completed passes? Yep. They uh, Nebraska went high. I think right four well, and four. Uh, so mm-hmm. Nebraska, so Nebraska went three for six, and their defense intercepted. Casey oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, the other way. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This is that moment you're like your D back should be your receivers. Mm-hmm. They're catching better. Uh, they probably were the same. But now they've got to go to Pittsburgh, Woo-hoo! and they have issues with flu and injuries. And Pittsburgh actually is pretty injured at this point too. I do love the little mini article. Sooners defy flu place first. (laughs) Even with the flu, they're really good. We have a picture of the cheerleaders cheering on the Huskers as they leave for Pitt. But headline, giant Pittsburgh squad spanks Huskers 34 to zero. Big girl, I need you to scroll down to the next page. I want you to read some of those stats out for us because the stat sheet actually tells you how bad this game was. Oh, God. Oh, no. no. Uh, First downs for Nebraska, four. First downs for Pitt, 28. (laughs) First downs by rushing for Nebraska, two. First down by passing for Pitt, 23. Or by rushing, I'm sorry. Two and 23. First downs by passing, Nebraska, one. Uh, Zero for Pitt by penalties for Nebraska, one. Zero for Pitt. 334 rushing yards for Pitt and 64 for Nebraska. Uh, Pitt did throw three picks, but uh, not sure that that really mattered. (laughs) Nebraska's stats got into double digits three times in this stat column. And one of of them is the punting average. (laughs) Yep. And they had a punt block, too. Oh, my Lord. So this was just like this was the point where. Pitt just sat on them. And, and they it, just sat on them and then laughed at them. And so, and it gets worse, Beth, because here's from the article: a fired Cornhusker, t- a fired Cornhusker team took to the field for the third quarter, and this fact coupled with the fact that Pittsburgh used their second and third strings accounted for the result of the scoring in that period, which was nothing. Oh my God! Towards the end of the period, however, the Pittsburgh fans, all forty thousand of them, started crying for more points to raise their football ratings. Head coach Joan Michelson answered their bids by sending the first unit back on for the remainder of the game to hit Pater twice more for the crowd. Hell yeah. Run it up on them. You don't see that anymore. No, I wish we did. Bring it back. Uh, also, the Zelta Beta Tau House had a possum. Oh, look at the possum. There's a picture of the possum. Nice kitty. Frisbee, Sputnik, Afternoons in the Delt Woods, Beanies, but whoever heard of playing possum in a fraternity house living room? Sound funny? It should. And, and it did late on Thursday night in the Zeta Beta Tau house. And a homeless creature of mother nature mashed wits with the would-be college hunters. Several men sat in the living room watching television when Dave Horse, uh, Herzog exclaimed he saw something dash across the floor and take refuge under a corner radiator. <laughs> if you're cold, they're cold. Let them inside. Facing the animal's slashing claws and razor-sharp teeth, her belkin, armed with only a heavy leather glove, put the vi- visitor in a box and returned him from whence he came. Outside. <laughs> yes, notoriously fearsome possums. 
How did they get this picture then? Did they like get a picture real quick? No, I don't know if it's a stock oh, image of a possum. Uh, okay, I was just like, is this the actual possum or is it another possum? Did Did you have stock images in the fifties? I don't no. know. Maybe I have no idea. Okay, so so Syracuse is coming to town. Maybe that'll that that'll like that'll help things. Nebraska flirts with Syracuse, then drops twenty nine seven game to Orange. Nope. Can we start using that headline in other situations? <laughs> Flirt. A game marred by fumbles, pass interceptions, and ragged defense. Auburn flirts with Alabama. Oh, no. Oh, no. You know. Uh, I do miss these old pictures that actually had the the like players' names superimposed in them in little text blocks. Mm-hmm. I do miss those kinds of things. The Big Red had, did have a temporary 9-7 to seven lead. Stats were stats on this one pretty even, so it's not super interesting. The only thing to point out in this one is under there is a category called forward passing because we're still not sure about the <laughs> this thing is a concept in D seven Nebraska. Syrac- uh, uh, Nebraska did went three for eight and then threw four interceptions as well. They really <laughs> got to stop. Got to stop doing that, y'all. It's always four too. Has anyone noticed that it's consistently four? One for every quarter. Yep. Balance. Also, Nebraska rushing, each of the, their rushers was rushing, averaging like two to three yards a rush. So it really was three cards, yards in a cloud of dust here. Another favorite headline. NU student, student skidoo migrating to Mizzou. And away we go. That's, That's the really cry being heard portal. all over campus as Nebraska students make ready for the official, unofficial annual migration to Missouri for the Husker-Tiger gridiron clash this weekend. Indications are, however, that this cry will be heard much less frequently this year than last year. In 56, when the migration was to the, was to the land of tall mountains and the, and the 3.2, over 5,000 Husker students and alumni boarded buses, cars, and special trains to follow the Big Red to Boulder. This year, though, University of ba- uh, reports that only 600 tickets have been sold. <laughs> Wait, keep going. Go to the end of that paragraph and look yeah. at how expensive the tickets were. Were they? Uh, 400 tickets still remain to be sold and could be purchased at the Coliseum today for the regular Big A's price of $3.50 each. Oh, I, could, I, I couldn't possibly. Couldn't possibly. Also, uh, scrolling up a bit, that is actually more than it cost to see Duke Ellington. Duke Ellington was $3 per couple. Oh, Whoa. that's... So, how did, so what about this game? There should be plenty of cheering. There should be plenty of Nebraska cheering Saturday when the Cornhuskers take on the Missouri Tigers at Columbia. This contest has been designated a migration game for the season. A large number of students will be making the trip to lend their support to Bill Jennings crew. As far as football is concerned, the Huskers enter their second big eight tilt of the season as 19 point underdogs. And unfortunately they lose this one 14, 13. Oh no. So close, yet so far. That's the story of the Cornhuskers' attempt to ruin Missouri's homecoming and pick up their second win of the campaign. Nebraska led 13-7 with 2.42 left when Tigers quarterback Phil Snowden decided to take one to to the air. Once again, the Husker pass defense was not up to par, and the Tigers hit on six of seven attempts to move the ball to Nebraska's 18. They ran it. Then they ran ran it in. (sighs) So, so close, yet so far. That was a pretty close match game. Probably the best game they played all season. And now it's time for homecoming. 
what could go wrong? I did. I did throw in the homecoming, the, the ladies of homecoming, a photo of them. Uh, and the also floating heads of 1957. And also the uh, the sorority that won the best, I think, front yard decoration is a Jayhawk in a in in a corset. Sure. Um, the picture of the homecoming court has a dude in the middle who looks like Gru from Despicable Me combined with Dick Van Dyke from Mary Poppins. And I need an adult. I was going to yep. say he looks like Mr. Magoo. Mm. But he like goes for his like his old Rutgers cheering. Yes. Uh, scroll down a little bit, Beth, and you'll see the Jayhawk in a corset. Yeah. Uh, shout out to the ladies of Chi Omega. It's always the Kyos. Yep. Toe topples Huskers once again. Mist kick spells heartbreaker. They lose homecoming 14 to 12 on two missed extra points. No. Oh, no. Yep. Okay. So we are clearly at. Wait, didn't they also make, miss a kick at the end? Yes. Yeah. So like with 90 seconds to play, the Huskers try for a chip shot field goal from the 13 yard line. Oh, no. And oh. It barely got off the ground, letting the Jayhawks escape Lincoln with a victory. Uh, George Schiffer said afterward, I don't know what happened, but the ball just squirted off the side of my foot. <laughs> Two failed PAT attempts earlier in the game also proved costly for the Huskers. Who had finished one and nine, worst in program history. Yeah, This was like, at this point, the team and the community is starting to feel this. I like the diagram on this one. I don't know if you can see it, but like there's the diagram of where the ball went. Oh, do you have draw like the how, like I put it in the chat. So it's just like, it just like line drived into people. Yep. It like, it like ping ponged around. Yeah, it was. Plinko. It, <laughs> just, oh, college kickers. Always. A national treasure that we don't deserve. So Iowa State's also sort of at the bottom of this conference too. Maybe they can get a win over Iowa State. Nope. Mm. Oh. The stubborn Iowa State 11, very averse to the idea of of losing to the Scarlet of Nebraska, proved their wishes Saturday by beating the Big Red 13-0, the first win over the Huskers since 1945. So now we're at that point in these seasons where it's like, oh, we haven't lost to this team since. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, right. So we're at that point of the season now. Iowa State ran all over them. Uh, the biggest disparity here was, uh, once again, Nebraska coming up with six interceptions. Wow. And still That's losing. That's so many. That's so many. It's so many. And they also got three fumbles. Yeah. They got, they got nine turnovers. Nine turnovers locked. and they still got shut out. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus, oh, man. My God. Oh, God. And, and y'all know I like to bring you little, like, sort of, other things I find. And this next article is part of that. Bomb case pending, no additional clues. What? Apparently <laughs> someone bombed the SAE house, causing $150 of damages. And the best part is fragments of the bomb were examined by Lincoln Air Force Base, and base officials reported the device was quote the device was quote not homemade. Oh shit. <laughs> so I could I could not find a a into this story. I hate to tell you guys right now. I'll have to dig some more. 
but apparently someone bombed the essay house. I mean, everyone's fine. We can laugh. I have to assume that there's still just kind of ordinance just hanging around everywhere. It's that 57, we so yeah. Yeah. Jack McLean, who was studying on the first floor when the bomb went off, said it made a terrific noise. <laughs> <laughs> How would okay. you describe the noise? Terrific. It was terrific. It was a terrific noise of just... Yeah, okay, I don't think anybody's ever described a bomb going off as a terrific no. My lord. Okay, here we go. Now it's Colorado. Rivalry game, okay? Huskers out to skin buffaloes. We did got we this. The fact, hang on. Did we mention the fact that that bomb did $150 worth of damage? A lot yeah, of heck, hang on. How much is that in modern? Time My to go to the inflation calculator. So here's the thing. Like, I, I yes, I want to know exactly how much this is. I'm working on it. Because I'm imagining, like, Jordan, you've spent more time in fraternity houses than I have. Oh, yeah. Is there any way that you could do that kind of damage to a fraternity it house? Would, is, there anything, is there anything in a fraternity house that's worth that? Am I, I assume the house is totaled. The pool table. That's it. And pool table. I think that's about right uh, because uh, $150 in 1957 is $1,646.35 in 2020. That's a pool table. That's a pool that's table. A window and a pool table. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Something that's big enough to be destroyed, something I couldn't steal from the house myself. Oh, fuck. Okay. It hit the PS5 and the TV. <laughs> yeah, right. There we go. Yep. It hit the PS5 and the TV. That would be Both it. Both of which might be worth that kind of money put together, but let's not pretend that anybody bought them. Yeah. No, yeah they, they were acquired. Okay. Huskers out to spin buffaloes. In fact, we have a young lady who was chosen as a buffalo stopper. If you guys scroll down in the document, she is hold dressed on. as a cave woman, I believe. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Let me address this headline here. It says Huskers out to skin buffaloes. Cellar dwellers clash in Saturday contest. This was the like, if we don't win this one, we're not going to win another one. This is the sickos game of the week in 1957. <laughs> and, because and at this time, I'm looking at Colorado's schedule. They are one in three yes. in conference. And, and the young lady of Alpha Phi was dressed as the quote girl most likely to stop a Colorado buffalo. Can we talk about the like that weird panda badger in the behind her okay I thought it was what a panda. is that it's looking into my soul whatever it is so i i'm not sure if it's the buffalo head because they used to play for a buffalo head i have a picture of that later on but i don't think that's it i'm not sure what that is i mean it's one thing to come up with like your leopard print Wilma flintstone dress yeah. but it's real commitment to then reupholster your shoes in the same print which this right? person has done you've committed to the bit Congratulations, Mary Patrick of Alpha Phi. So they won this game, right? Nope, 27-0. Oh, my God. Uh, now, I want you to look at the next commission. I want you to talk about the two headlines in this newspaper article next. Because that's okay. the Buffalo losing is, or sorry, the Huskers losing is not the top headline. What is the actual top headline here? So the top headline is the Sooner win streak broken at 47. So Oklahoma loses to Notre their 47-game win streak. They break their win streak. That is the top headline. Yes. Fighting Irish upset Sooner 7-0. That's the big thing. Yeah. Subheadline. Buffs blank corn Huskers 27-0. Scarlet Falls to loop seller. Uh, another, another great shot from the newspaper, which is like drawing out plays like in pencil over I love games. this so much. It tells you exactly how the play went. 
I love these kinds of things. Especially because the pictures aren't in good enough definition to even know where the goal line is, so they have to draw that in for you. I like the dashy line of, of where the football went over here. Oh, I've got I've got a trick play draw for you later on, Beth, that you're really going to love. Oh, perfect. I'm very excited. Buffalo head to remain Nebraskan. The University of Nebraska will retain the traditional Colorado-Nebraska victory symbol, the Buffalo head, by default, Bill Spiker, president of the Innocent Society, declared this week. The Colorado Heart and Dagger Club, which is a Colorado student body designed to accept and present the trophy during halftime ceremonies each year, failed to attend this year's contest. Since Colorado's organization organization delegated to accept the Buffalo head lacked the initiative, time, and spirit to accept the head, we didn't feel compelled to release the head to other Colorado students. Petty bullshit. Yay. It's it's like when you don't show up in traffic court and the judge just rules against you by default. Yep. So it looks like they made they made the uh, the cave woman dress up again <laughs> to take a picture I with the buffalo. I just assumed head. she was wearing it all week. I mean, that's what I would have done too. The next article says eighteen Nebraska football gritters bow out against Oklahoma Sooners. I assume that's that meant that eighteen players were like, "I'm done with this season. I'm not playing the last game." They, they all entered the transfer portal. It actually the original opt outs. It actually means that like eighteen players were graduating. They were seniors. And this is our last game. But it's the only art- going to affect their draft status. Just leave now. The article made me think like everyone was just like, I'm not playing Oklahoma. Fuck that. No, I'm Fuck not. It. I'm not going to get killed by Oklahoma. I'm not they're, doing that. They just lost their, their winning off. streak. They're going to be angry. They're so angry. <laughs> and Bill Jennings has one of my favorite quotes in football ever. Not much more can happen that, it has, that has happened to us this season already. Hang on a second. <laughs> Time is a flat circle. Check out that one ad. The athletic department has requested that anyone interested in earning $1 an hour should be at the football field this afternoon at 3 p.m. in order to clear off the snow from the football field. Hell yeah! (laughs) Always snow. Huskers lead but falter for ninth loss. Sooners romp to 37-7 victory. They were ahead until they weren't. I feel like they're paying those kids to clear off the football field more than Buffalo paid their fans. Uh, hang on. A dollar an hour versus 20 bucks an hour? A uh, dollar, yeah, a dollar an hour in, actually, no, a dollar an hour in 1957 is 10.98. Okay. Oh, okay. Move to Buffalo. Don't go to Nebraska. That's what I learned. From Ron Shaheen, Staff Sportswire, the Cornhuskers closed their poorest football season ever Saturday as they fell to mighty Oklahoma 32-7. The amazing spirit exhibited by the Huskers made the game much closer than the final score indicated. As all 31 Cornhuskers fought their hearts out, they won the emotional battle. Now, I want to point out that in the in the newspaper, they have a trick play. It's on the Ooh. next page. Kamish, do oh. you want to describe this Oklahoma trick play? Oh, I love this. The diagram of the play that tricked Nebraska. What do okay, they do? So Oklahoma lines up in this weird type of U formation. So there's like five linemen, then there's the quarterback. Uh, then there's five linemen behind them. Uh-huh. And then what do and they do? And they're like way off oh, sorry. the ball. They're way that's off the, the ball. That's the, that's the huddle. Sorry. That's the that's just yeah. the huddle. Yeah. And then what do they do? I, I'm I'm baffled myself here. So they, they are all lined it. up eight yards to the left of the ball. Eight yards the to the left. And if the center snaps it eight yards <laughs> to everybody over there. Yes. 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 It, it is. 
I love this. And then they all run power left. And then it's just student body left. It's yeah. literally student body left. With the student body literally already left. And, so, and does, does Nebraska shift over? No. To, to like, line up next to where the actual arrow. players are? No. <laughs> they only have Why would one they arrow. do that, Jordan? Why would they move to I, where all the I'm guys just trying were? To, I'm trying to imagine Nebraska just lining up with a dude in front of them. No. Snapping the ball eight yards to the left and back. And Nebraska's defense is still just lined up in front of the dude, the center. And I understand that the arrow next to Nebraska during the during step three labeled play as it, it it's not just that there's one linebacker who's like, maybe I should go over here, but that's really what it looks like. It's just like, what? Why? I'm just imagining why are they all, all the, over there? All the D line guys are just like going into their, their fake, like practice position with nothing in front of them. I do like the, so there's one part about this that I really like too. So in the formation, you could see that they moved the center eight yards over so that he is on the ball. And then he snaps the ball, and then you have the play. If you look at the play, the center is no longer there. I assume this is because the center has died. Oh, just obliterated, like yeah. off the face of the earth. Yeah, he's dead, dead, been raptured, abducted by aliens, any of the above. And I like. The, I also like the fact that Nebraska's formation is kind of like the anime eyes emoji. <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> just your two safeties, just chilling back there, like. 15 yards to the left of where the play actually is. It's like, mm -hmm. coach told me to be here. This is where I'm going to be. The I don't want to get yelled here. at. We Why? run a 5-4-2. Watch. Why? Why is everybody over there? What are they doing over there? Are they going to come over here? The center's here. The ball's here. The ball is here. Oh, ball's here. Why are they all over ball there? Can't go there. They, I mean, what are they doing over there? God. It's, it's just, it, oh, is crap. A, it is a trick play. <laughs> In that the trick was that Nebraska just decided to not move. The trick was that Nebraska didn't realize it was about to be a play. Oh, I just can't imagine, like, what kind of horseshit is this? Like, the coaches just must be losing, Bill James losing his mind about what kind of horseshit, unsportsmanlike thing this play is. Anyways, yeah, y'all, this wasn't a great season. Overall, overall standings, Oklahoma goes six and zero in conference play, Kansas four and two, Colorado three and three, Missouri three and three, Iowa State two and four, Kansas State two and four, and Nebraska goes one and five. Seven teams in the thing called the big eight. I think it was I called tradition. It was, it was the big seven. big seven at this point, but That's they right. used them sort of interchangeably. No, they called the articles the big, called them the big eight the whole way through. That's right. Yeah. Like in this article, they called them the big eight in this, like yeah. from the, Active years. That's weird. Wikipedia yep. says Big Seven. It's weird. I don't it know. Maybe, but the newspapers say it's it's the Big Eight, and I just love this tradition. Yes. Uh, also, down there, a picture that Kamish sent me to start this whole thing off is a picture of a snowplow and a Nebraska football player doing the Heisman pose next to it. Ten out of ten. No notes. Beautiful. I mean, uh, also keep go keep going down. The pictures from the yearbook are great. This is a picture of Bill Stinnett shouting advice to a teammate. He looks very happy. He also looks like he's about 100 years old. I also like the dude on the phone who's shielding his eyes with a cigarette. cigarette. <laughs> yes. And I, then I like he... sad oh. Husker with the caption, an opponent scores, the Husker despairs. So I there think, was, I think it's the same guy. Like it's the moments same... after. It's the same guy. The, yeah, they, the Huskers, pictures. you're missing a picture in here. It says uh, the Huskers fumbled the ball. 
Oh, did I miss the middle picture? Hold up. Let me. Yes. Like I, have, I have that open still. It's a two act. It's a two it's act. It's a three, three act. act uh, it's a three act play. Hold up. Yes. I got it full up the yearbook. As always, thank you to the great librarians and digital archivists at all these schools that scan yearbooks and newspapers. We could not do what we do if y'all didn't do that too. Oh, here we go. It's even better if I put it all three pictures stacked. Hold up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I will wait for you to put the picture in the middle. Actually, underneath that one, I'm just going to put all three pictures stacked. Shouts advice to a teammate. Oh, no. Oh, no. Fumble. Sits in root. reconsiders the play. An opponent scores. A Husker despairs. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's fucking art. God. You know, we don't give enough credit to the simple sentence for its power. This this was the worst season of all time for Nebraska so far. Yet. Yet. Nebraska fans, if you're listening to this, why? But if you <laughs> did listen to it, know that like this does feel very cyclical. And I'm not just saying that. I didn't tell Pit Girl or Beth or Kamish about the season before coming in tonight. Kamish had read a little about it. But like I did not bring the story in here before now. And so all the stuff that they're connecting with stuff that they just saw. Mm -hmm. You know, Nebraska fans, if you can take anything from this, know that it can get worse. I mean, Come on, man. how many, how many years, <laughs> how many years did the Israelites wander in the desert? Is it 40? Mm -hmm. Remember oh. you are mortal. The corn catastrophe is right around the corner. The corner. Okay. I love it. Hey, maybe Matt Rule is the guy that's going to pull you out of this. Maybe, uh, maybe Matt Rule is going to be the guy that pulls you out of this. I maybe know. he's you near... know they had they had football players dunking over his head this evening. Hmm. Uh, may, well, because here's the thing, y'all, is that it did end right after Bill Jennings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, like they were one coach higher away, and a lot of the history that was written has said, well, Bill Jennings recruited, and it was uh, uh, Bob Devaney like uh, like used. Bill Jennings kids. That's why he was so good. That's why they won a Gotham Bowl the first year out. Okay, y'all. Like that's I need Nebraska to be terrible for at least one more year though, so that I can write an article with the headline Cornhuskers Lost in the Maze. Mm. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Okay, folks. That's what I got for tonight. Anything else for the good of the order? Okay. We'll uh don't fight Cam Newton. Don't fight Cam Newton. Okay. We'll see y'all on the other side. You can't tell me what to do. Don't do it. Uh, he's a Don't real big guy. Don't do it.